The Steinberg Show is live today from Canmore, and obviously also without Steinberg. Peter Klein with you today. Everything is back to normal, at least for a couple weeks, uh, starting back on Monday. Uh, We have a very busy show for you today. We are out here in Canmore. It's our yearly uh, showcase of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Tonight, the Canmore Eagles taking on the Okotoks Oilers. We will have that game for you. So we're going to be setting up a lot of that throughout the day, and specifically here in the next hour. Uh, we have Gino DePauli, who you're all very familiar with, coming up in a matter of moments, chatting a little Okotoks Oilers, as they're obviously half of the game tonight. Myself, Matty Rose, will have the call for you guys coming up here at uh, 7 o'clock, but pregame show starts at 6, so just full-on coverage with the Alberta Junior Hockey League today. Great opportunity to do that with the National Hockey League in the break. Riley is back at uh, Sportsnet 960 World Control. Uh, Riley, I admittedly, um, in the car with Pinder on the way out here, missed those all-star things what what's what are the flames doing at the uh, the all-star skills competition tonight uh david riddick is going to be in the save streak competition i'm assuming that's the most saves in a row if i was going to throw a wild guess out there uh mark giordano will be in the hardest shot but uh, i feel okay, like well, he's Weber, definitely gonna lose that yeah i think shea weber is going to win that one um okay and then Matthew Kachuk is in the Shooting Stars competition. So this one, I think, is where they're going to be, like, set up, like, around the rink and try and hit the net from, like, in the stands and, like, moving targets and stuff like that. So uh, that's that could be cool, I guess. Yeah, that, that one could be fun. Um, I, I think that... That, that seems like one where his creativity can shine through a little bit. I would imagine a guy who has one of the goals of the year probably would have an opportunity to show off that a little bit. So that's some fun stuff going on with the NHL. But again, we are here today with the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Canmore taking on Okotoks coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, also in the NBA, their all-star starters were announced. And it's a story that we've kind of just grown, I don't want to say numb to, but just kind of accustomed to. And that's the story of Pascal Siakam. And this is, when you really take a step back and look at the journey that guy has been on, it, it is not a conventional one. Even if you just look at his NBA career, how he got to the NBA is insane. But if you just look at the NBA career, his first year in the league, about seven points a game. And if you watched, it was literally hot potato. He, he would, he would as soon as he touched the ball, nope, someone else has to have it. And now he's developed his game last year in the... Um, last year to kind of being most improved player. Look at the, this is a guy who, all right, if Kawhi is sitting, you can maybe run your game through if you're not playing some great players. And now this year, he's he hasn't fully replaced Kawhi because he's one of the top three players in the league. That's tough to do. But he's made it to the point where the Raptors are vying for a second spot in the East and a legitimate contender in the Eastern Conference. And it's not a development path you see a whole lot. It's a guy who comes out of nowhere and first year doesn't look like he has it, and they keep working away at it and just keep developing. And these are the types of things that you need to hit on. And the types of things, when you look at the uh, at drafting and developing from a Flames perspective, they haven't necessarily done that with first-round picks a whole lot lately. We've seen up with the big club right now, a guy like Andrew Mangiapane, who's a late-round pick, Johnny Gaudreau, a late-round pick. I guess Monaghan's hit as a top-round pick, or a first-round pick, but as the sixth overall, he's kind of giving you what you would expect from that. So the, the Flames have been able to hit on a few of those, but they haven't had the 
late in the first round develops into a star that you kind of need to sustain success the way that the Raptors have, where you lose Kawhi. It's okay, well, we haven't really been drafting all that high in the last little bit. What are we going to do? That development of a player is absolutely huge. And I think from a Raptors perspective, that can be a pretty good selling point. When you're bringing in undrafted free agents, that, that was one of the things that they were able to do in this offseason, was bring in a couple undrafted free agents, and you can just say, look, look what we've done with Fred Van Vliet. Undrafted free agent, dude's going to be making about $100 million on his next contract. Pascal Siakam just signed a max contract. These are the types of development, this is the type of development that we can do. And it's also why you feel comfortable with Masai Ujiri and with the Raptors front office because, A, they've been able to recognize talent and draft that, Bruno Caboclo aside, two years away from being two years away, still the greatest description I've ever heard for any prospect in any sport at any time. But for the Raptors, you kind of have that confidence that, yeah, we can draft wherever. We, we don't need to full-on tear down and tank for a few years. We can draft wherever, we can get whoever, and we can turn them into potential star type players that's a great thing to have and i think from a a raptor fan standpoint you have to be thrilled with how this team has been playing and how things are going with this team this season you didn't know where it was going to go there was talk okay well Kawhi's gone have your have your ring night have your banner night everything's going to be fine but at some point lowry's going to be traded abaka's going to be traded gasol's going to be traded and then what are you starting with and even if they still did that Starting with Fred Van, Vliet, uh, Fred Van Vliet and Siakam, fine. I, I I think you could do a lot worse than starting with that. But the Raptors have themselves in a spot where they don't feel like they need to tear down and can actually make a bit of a push now in the NBA's Eastern Conference as we get to the uh, head toward the NBA trade deadline. And I think, again, that this is a good marker for teams not just in the NBA and not just in the NHL, but all professional sports, there's more than one way to win. And that has been something that I think has been lost in the last little bit. Whether it's hockey and you need to draft certain guys, develop in a certain way and do this. The NBA, you need to tank, you need to whatever. Same thing, NFL, you need to have the quarterback, yada, yada, yada. I I think what we're seeing with the Raptors, what we saw with the Tennessee Titans, St. Louis Blues to a certain extent, there's a lot of things that goes into winning a championship, and there's a lot of different ways you can get to that. There isn't just one blueprint, otherwise this would get boring. And the problem is, a lot of times there's just been one blueprint, and a lot of times some of it can get a little bit repetitive. Excuse me, some of it can get a little bit repetitive, and some of it can get a little bit boring. I think we need teams like the Raptors, like teams like the St. Louis Blues, who are just good for forever. You know, like they they have the high-end pick with, with Petrangelo, but you hit mid-first round with guys like Schwartz and Tarasenko, and that's how you build. It doesn't always just have to be, okay, bottom out, get a couple stars, build up, and now we're great. Bottom out, get a couple stars, now we're great. Seeing up north at Edmonton, that doesn't necessarily work all the time. It's fun to see different ways work out in different sports and for different athletes, which, which brings us back to the Pascal Siakam. It's not just went to AAU, went to college for a year, was awesome in college, and now I'm in the NBA and I'm kicking ass. It was really tough upbringing in a not-doing-so-great country, comes over to the States, drafted by the Raptors, and first year was terrible. And then still, 
has developed into a superstar. It's an incredible path and one that I think shows a lot of people that there there's more than one way to go about getting to the top. There are a lot of ways to not, of course, but it's not always just star athlete in high school, star athlete in college, star athlete in pro, star athlete in junior, star uh, star athlete in the minors, star athlete in whatever profession that they want to go in. You look at the, the Derek Ryan story, and I don't think Derek Ryan's going to go to many All-Star games between now and the end of his career, but a lot of people would take that NHL career. Dude's making multi-million dollars a season just to get into the National Hockey League, and I think that's a good tie-in with what we are seeing uh, a little bit today. Not that any of these guys are just plugs who are done, but you, you can go through the Alberta Junior Hockey League and make your way to the NHL, even though that, that's not necessarily always the clearest path. You can go through the Canadian college route and still get your way to the NHL. Not everyone can do it. It takes a lot of work. Probably going to suck for a little bit. But there's more than one path to get to that end destination. And it's always fun uh, to see those types of things play out. So now that that got super deep and philosophical, let's dumb this program down a little bit, shall we? Uh, Gino DiPelli joins the show now. Wow. Uh, Gino. Wow. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> I was hoping you would. Um, Gino, how are you, sir? Welcome back from vacation. Th- thank you. It's It's been fun. I had a nice little trip to Hawaii. Much needed, I guess. It's just kind of a lull in my broadcast schedule and i work with some really good people that gave me a chance to have a break after the last couple months have been pretty hectic in my world so happy to be back Mm -hmm. a little bit it was minus 32 when i left so it was like plus four yesterday so i'm I'm okay with that so it's a nice trend that's a pretty good switch yeah Yeah. i'm guessing hawaii was pretty nice to you weather-wise hey yeah no rinks though no rinks (laughs) oh yeah I've, i've heard I've often heard that as a downside of Hawaii. The hockey program there just quite isn't up to snuff yet. Not quite, no. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, first off, I do have to say a, a a very hearty stick tap to you and the people that you do work with because getting information for the, the teams tonight as we get ready to call Okotoks against Canmore, uh, the work that you guys put in with the, the Okotoks Oilers is second to none, and getting information on the players has been a breeze thanks to the work you guys put in. So first off, um, after I just completely annihilated you on the intro, I do have to say bravo <laughs> on the work that you guys have been doing with Okotoks. Well, thank you. It's uh, You know, the Oilers, uh, this is my eighth year with the organization just as a broadcaster. Obviously, we're working to some greater things here as, you know, the world of hockey evolves and things like that. But truly blessed to kind of, I guess that is my hometown team. Not many people can say they get to do that, but I get to on most of a regular basis. Uh, you know, I've had great coaches past and present and uh, just own the, the board of directors and the league for the most part. I know I've... Uh, I've uh, stretch my tongue a little bit at times and it has cost me so that's okay that's just part of being a broadcaster with an opinion i guess at times but i'm super blessed (laughs) and looking forward to the future so this team that you are covering um in a familiar spot of being really 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 good but still kind of having Brooks uh, ahead in the standings. Only two points ahead um, entering play tonight. But th- this is another year where it kind of feels like everything Okotoks is doing in the regular season is getting ready for a potential battle with Brooks coming up uh, at some point in the playoffs. You know, the, the 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 easy money is on that. Not that you can bet in the AJ, but I'm sure if you looked hard enough, you might be able to. <laughs> but it really has been one of those... Uh, 
again, well, Brooks comes out of the gate. I think at one point they were uh, 30, 33 and one or something like that. And it was, well, here we go again, just do our best to try and keep up with Brooks. But Brooks is kind of, they've had some really key injuries at some rough times. I know in that game when they lost to Okotoks uh, earlier, well, late in this, well, in, in, in January, four to three, uh, they lost two of their best players at one point in, in the first period in that game. And the Oilers were able to take advantage of that and come away with still a four, three victory. That was when Randy Hernandez and their captain, uh, Jake Lee was out and Lee is still out for what I can see. And they did get Hernandez back. So that's helped a couple tough losses to, uh, well, obviously to Lloyd Minster being the big one, but everybody goes through one of those once in a while. Okotoks uh, played a team that, you know, not up to their standard with, uh, with Olds. They lost in overtime. It was a comeback win for Olds. So that was their kick in the pants. And I think finally uh, Brooks got a kick as well. So you really kind of break down that. It, it's, since then, since of those losses for the that loss in on January first, they haven't lost, and they've been putting up goals of plenty in that time frame. And that's the same thing when you're going up against Brooks, you, you know they're going to be good. If I would be shocked if they were bad, let's just put it that way. And that's just the program. That's <laughs> what Ryan Papawano has done for years, uh, coach of the year, and his program's been good. So uh, it's far from over. Games in hand are going to be a factor. It's an interesting weekend. Because the Oilers play in Canmore tonight, Canmore below 500, and Brooks is at home this weekend to Bonneville, a team that has beaten the Bandits. And then the next night, after Shewitt Park uh, put up seven against Brooks last week, they're in Brooks tomorrow. So there's that opportunity. There is still the one game in hand. It's really going to come down to next week. It's kind of strange about this week, because next week the Oilers close out the month of January with a back-to-back home-at-home with the Bandits on a Wednesday and a Friday. Wow, that'd be some pretty good hockey to check out for sure. Um, uh, a couple players to just <laughs> uh, a couple players to to touch on here, but as we we head into it, just doing some research on some of these guys. Uh, Zane Kintrachuk is a name that I've been familiar with, just doing a couple of these games over the last couple seasons. Uh, a name that's kind of been been hanging around already, uh, career high in points this season, and just someone who it feels like has kind of gone through the regular development of a player in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Well, what can you tell us about Zane Kindrachuk? Well, he, he's been through the thick of it. There's two guys that you look on this roster. I will give a mention to Mark Basamko. They were there when the Oilers had that historical run two years ago where they finally made it to an AJHL championship. But Zane's been a guy that this Oilers coaching staff has loved for since he was a Calgary Royal ever so long ago. It's hard to believe this is kind of Zane's fourth, well, third year in the league and potentially a fourth year next year pending a scholarship. He's a guy that goes into any sort of role that the Oilers ask him to do. He can take draws. He's on power play. He's on penalty kill. And he's just a great human being, which makes it even better even to talk to. But, you know, career highs and everything, power play goals with nine, that's one that really sticks out to me is just he's at the right place at the right time. He usually plays fairly well against Canmore, if I'm not mistaken, in my week prep that I've done for this game, just watching from a distance. But Zane, he was there through the ups and the downs when the Oilers had some, when they got beat by Spruce Grove a couple of years ago. And last year he only played seven games in the playoffs. He was hurt, and I think that kind of – if they had a Kendra Chuck like that in their lineup uh, against Brooks in that cell final, maybe maybe you're stretching to a seven-gamer or something like that. I know it was going to be tough, but Zane has been one of those players that has done exactly what he's been asked to do in his time with the Oilers, and he's slowly climbing up, uh, you know, p- more points uh, than you know expected. He's over. He's got uh, 111 career points, so that 
gets him climbing up that rank as well. But he's just a very defensively sound, takes care of himself, hockey IQs there, and does all the little things right. Uh, there's a name on the, the roster that, or last name anyway, that people are going to recognize with Bernard Docker. Uh, Seth, the brother of Jacob, I probably didn't need to explain that, not a ton of Bernard Dockers out there. Uh, but, but Seth on the team, it's always going to be difficult when you have an older brother who is doing what Jacob is doing right now. But how has uh, Seth kind of fi- figured out his role with this club? Well, Seth's a completely different uh, defenseman than, than Jacob was. Uh, I kind of look at Seth as more of a physical uh, guy that, you know, has to, you know, kind of has to be a little bit of a jerk on the ice a little bit. And I, I like that swagger. I like it when you do bring that, ferocity on in the in your own end and take care of your own end i know he's still he's got he can move like his brother there is shades of that if you want to kind of do some comparisons but that's not really fair to 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 seth at all obviously with you know the comparison there but again for seth he just has to take care of himself and i know it's tough he's always he's trying to do the right thing and he's only getting better that's the best part about this he comes in as a 17 year old last year and now with a really strengthened defense core that the oilers have which was a little bit of a surprise for me i wasn't sure what to really expect but when they add noah kim from the calgary mustangs and you get a colton wilkie as a free player from out in the ushl or and with Omaha, he is from Omaha, and he hasn't. They haven't lost since Colt Wilkie's been in the lineup, so that's a nice little note as well. But you know, it, it makes life easier for Seth to work on the mechanics and spend some time with uh, skills coaches, and uh, with Reed Natowich and defensive coach Kyle Schuster and head coach Tyler Dice to work on those things. And that's the big thing: is development for for Seth's game and many of the junior A ranks to go through development, go through the process of becoming a better hockey player, and then let the let your story be told after that. So it's a tough one. I know it, I think he gets ribbed a little bit, obviously, for that, but there's nothing wrong with, with Seth. Yeah, and uh, that's that's kind of the thing, right? Like, you're, you're not – you're not going to be Jacob, so don't try to be Jacob. Just be Seth, right? Like that—that that would be a tough mm-hmm. one to, to try to figure out. But uh, 117 penalty minutes in 41 games, so maybe a bit of angst still there. Yeah, he's got a couple <laughs> but... suspensions. Like I said, he's got that little bit of a different edge to him. He sent a yeah. message against Brooks a couple of months ago. It cost him three games, but he sent a message. So, hey, <laughs> I'm okay with that too, and especially for the Oilers, you're okay with that because it just makes that rivalry kind of, you know, not battle of Alberta-like, but it's kind of got some ferocity to it now that now that the Oilers have actually won a regular season game against Brooks here. You know, the season series can kind of take a turn. It's just 2-1 instead of one team already have won four games because they got four more games against each other, of course, two next week. Just doing a, a bit of the prep for this game. This might be completely anecdotal. I, I've no actual numbers to, to back this up, but it feels like I'm typing out committed to University X a lot more with Okotoks than I had in the last couple of years. Not that there were few to begin with, but it, it seems like there was more so this year than, than in years past. How important is it for a program like Okotoks that year after year, there's a lot of players who are able to, to graduate on to the university ranks down south? Oh, it's huge because it, it, not only for players that are, you know, coming here to from the, the, their local AAA teams or through trades and going through the system and the connections that the, this this organization has had over the years, but just you know you're looking okay, they played with Okotoks or you know for NCAA placement for scouting, you potentially okay, we want this guy to come to our our program eventually, but we want him to play in Okotoks first, and that's kind of the sort of atmosphere you can build that way but you're trying to go homegrown you're, you're going from everywhere in this league and that's kind of the best part mm-hmm. you can 
is those sort of roots. You have Brayton Morrison. Of course, he's Brendan Morrison's son. Uh, he's committed to Wisconsin. He didn't go to Michigan like his dad's dad did so he's going to try and play with dylan holloway down the road if that if everybody remembers that name be careful in the next draft coming up and the, the list goes on jack works uh, was technically a so-called fourth line of the last year committed to the university of denver one of the best college programs in the country louis jammernick calgary royals kid goes to the North, university of north dakota in a couple of years he'll go that way and the list goes on i think you got to think noah kim's got to be close on a potential scholarship and Kendrick, the Kendra Chucks of the world and Eric Parker, again, a buffs kid. So we've kind of hit all the quadrants, I think in the city of Calgary and, and that should go a long way. And that just, again, you're getting that influence, you're getting players into schools. And then when schools are asking about, okay, well, is this kid, you go into a potential performer teammate and you're going to get that Intel there. And that goes a long way especially you look at schools like University of Minnesota Duluth. They had two national championships, uh, you know, the last back-to-back years. One had Tanner Laddard on it, and that kind of helped, uh, I would think, uh, getting Quinn Olson, who's now there. He's a draft pick of the Boston Bruins in the past draft. So that's really the impact of what you're doing with an NCAA route and a very diverse NCAA route. Remember, their goaltender at the start of the year was Ashton Abel, who's probably – maybe the MVP of this league, and he commits to Boston University. There's an open slate, and he's able to go and play college hockey. This In January, he started a game and won in his debut. So it's really it's opened up a brand-new spectrum for the Oilers in the past few years for the NCAA scholarships, and they're right up there with the rest of the programs in not only the Alberta Junior Hockey League, but the entire Canadian Junior Hockey League as well. And uh, last one for you. I know they're not your primary focus, but um, the the Canmore Eagles, the opposition for Okotoks tonight, uh, we're in their building. Just a first of all, that is a slick logo that they changed to. I love not that bad. thing. Yeah, not bad at all. We're sitting right by the merch table. I may have to try to bum my way into a hat at some point today. Uh, but for just a, a couple notes on, on Canmore and who are a couple players to watch out for on that side tonight. Well, first and foremost, Alex Young. Uh, he's on the NHL players to watch list. Uh, he was at the CJHL prospects game. He was at the World Junior League Challenge up in uh, in uh, Dawson Creek. He, he's a, he's an elite player. He's a, he's going to do well at Colgate, where he's committed to next season. And he, to me, he's all skill. And I know the Oilers have been really able to shut him down of late in their in their three matchups they have, where they have scored 18 times and only have given up a handful of goals at times to the Eagles in that aspect. You look at that one. I kind of just players under. I look for uh, Mitchell Watson tonight, former teammate of most Oiler players this year, as he was traded on the December first deadline, and you know he's got to play more minutes with uh, with Andrew Milne's crew in Canmore. So that's a matchup to watch for. And, and again, Connor Lyons up front for again sixty five points. He's in the top ten of scoring with the with the Eagles and with the league, I guess, in that sense. So young and lions. And then you kind of look at Mitchell Watson, just as a great little uh, storyline that's going to happen for the Eagles tonight. And their power play is always good. I've always noticed once they're able to get set up in their offensive zone, it's very hard to take them off the putt. They're six overall on the power play this year. And, they're pretty good at home too. I think they're fourth overall when it comes to that aspect. So they've always been good on the power play in that building. Anything can happen. It all depends on quite a few elements. I think the lighting's a little bit better. I haven't been to that ring this rink this year, but they did some great renovations. It looks like, so I don't know if they fixed your broadcast booth or not, but uh, that's for you to decide. Cause I'll be uh, sitting out and just listening to you guys on the fan here tonight. 
Well, and we uh, we appreciate you letting us borrow your chair for a night. Uh, I know you, you didn't get into this to, to listen to other people do it, so we really do appreciate it. Um, and again, cannot commend the work you guys do with the Oilers enough to make an idiot like me sound smart for a night. And uh, looking forward to having you back in the host chair at some point here. Yeah, I sure hope so. I'll let that Kirsch guy know. Well, I'll be happy <laughs> to right. talk to you then. So always a pleasure, I... Pete, and have a good call tonight. Have fun with it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I hope you have uh, more people than just me vouching for you, because I'm, I'm probably not the only one you want to have on your side, but I, I think you got a couple other people. So uh, Gino DePaoli joining the program today. We are live today from Canmore, kind of a, a celebration of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. We do this about once a year. Nice little showcase for the AJHL. It's a league that I really got my start in from a, a broadcasting standpoint, so happy to be able to come back uh, here to Canmore tonight to call the Eagles and the Oilers. We'll have a, a lot of local guests as the day rolls along. One that I'm really excited about coming up next, uh, we have a representative from the Alberta Hockey Hall of Fame, uh, the event committee, putting everything on. Love that it's out here in Canmore. Pretty easy draw to get people out uh so we'll have that and a lot more as the show rolls on your texts always welcome 960-960 here on sportsnet 960 the fan we are back live from canmore as we are out here today for the okotoks oilers taking on the canmore eagles and just kind of a a day-long celebration of hockey in this great area of canmore and in the province of Alberta. And a great way to talk about that is to chat with our next guest, Serge Wimet from the Alberta Hockey Hall of Fame Event Committee. Uh, Serge, if we could just basically have the same conversation we were just having off the air, on the air, I think we'll, we'll be in uh, pretty good shape here. Sounds, sounds good. Sounds good. Look forward to it. <laughs> um, it's good that they have, like, go-getters and, and hardworking people on these committees. Because if I were on the committee, I'd be like... It's Canmore. Sells itself. Come or don't come. Whatever. It's gorgeous. But uh, you guys have put uh, maybe a little bit more work into into things than that. And that's that's what invites people to come to Canmore and why the event is so popular here is is people love to come to the, the mountains. They love to come to this area. I mean, we we offer just by the view of what we have mm-hmm. is fantastic. Uh, and the other part, the other part is is we've got amazing athletes in the region, so the participation is very high, and that's what attracts people from outside and uh, Alberta hockey is so successful here yeah and the uh, the class of 2020 but before we get into this uh, I was at the dome when they kind of uh, announced who was going in this year and it is real star-studded class it was quite the honor actually to be seen in, uh, in the same room as a few of those people yeah that was early January mm-hmm. and there was a late response as far as getting everything going and uh, but the class is is fantastic this year yeah um, we've got some great people some people that have been in the international level hockey yeah. level mostly um and we've got you know linesmen to players to women you know it's been great yeah uh the, the one that surprised me i i guess just seeing him on tv and everything you don't realize how much john davidson's hockey journey really started in the uh, the alberta area that's right well he's an outstanding goalie nhl mm-hmm. goaltender and uh he's also what we call an award-winning broadcaster he was after his career was done and fortunately enough, he was the now president of the New York Rangers. Yeah. So he was there at the event, and that's how that got going in January when the Rangers played the Calgary Flames. Right. Uh, so what all do you guys have? Because it's not just, hey, here's a bunch of old hockey players, come see them in the mountains. There's a lot going on around the uh, Alberta Hockey Hall of Fame. So you give us kind of some of the details of what you guys are working on. Yeah, so the event is uh, it's a weekend event, and prior to this it was on a Sunday event. And uh, what happens is we do a VIP private session with the inductees. And the fun part about that is there's a hot stove. And the hot stove goes from pretty much individual to the whole group together. 
And what's fun about that is the stories that come out and some of the really stories oh. that you don't normally hear. Yeah, that'd be like, amazing. And you hear them on stage and it's, it's a bit of a laughter and, uh, they kind of chirp at each other. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of fun to have. So that's one of the main things. And then you got the gala, uh, which attracts about 400 people, 440, 450 people. And that's always a success. And to see the inductees and they, and they bring their families and friends and, uh, it's a really good event. It's, and they're proud to be that and we're proud to host it here mm-hmm. in town. And in kind of the the lead up to that, you guys, it's not just a here's a couple days. This is it. It seems like there's a lot going on throughout the year, kind of getting ready for this. That's correct. We're this year we're introducing a speaker series. We're going to have that on February 21st, and that's to bring the community out and start creating the buzz of what's going to be happening on the long weekend of July. So July 18th and 19th. So we're, we're this is new. So we're going to have here in the concourse at the rink. Uh, we invite the minor hockey clubs and and teams that are in the region to participate and we're going to do another hot stove the the people we're going to bring in the inductees and the nhl retirees and whoever we're going to have is not quite announced because we're still working on it but it's going to be a great event and we're having just before the game as well the old grizzlies are here and we're going to have that so it simultaneously um get involved with the eagles nice yeah um just kind of shifting gears a little bit it feels like because things with the the national hockey league are so easily accessible now it would be kind of easy to almost forget kind of the the local roots of where this all starts and it feels like this is something you guys are really working hard to try to get back into is like hey local hockey is wildly important stuff like tonight with the okachokes taking on canmore the canmore eagles are huge in this area like these types of things still really matter they do, and that's why we try and do events that are simultaneously happening as a game. That gets the crowd going, it gets the people involved, and that's the main thing. You want to get, you want to keep your crowd right. And the, the changes that the management has done, they've done the major changes in the past couple of weeks. Uh, the team has has risen again. It's like yeah. resurrected, and they're doing very well. So that's going to place them well into the um, playoffs that are coming up. Mm-hmm. So there's about twelve games left, and and that right now they're strong. Yeah, yeah, and one of the the hotter teams in the league, winning four of five, and as you mentioned, they bring in four players right around the trade deadline, kind of yeah. get that uh, get that boost going. As far as as planning events around Canmore, it, it allows you to do, I would guess, a few more things than than some regular areas. What are some of the other uh, kind of fun Canmore unique things that you guys would be able to, to do if um, you can spill any secrets? Well, one of them is uh, yeah. So one <laughs> of them is uh, is we're going to do a Stars on Ice on that long weekend, and Stars on Ice is we got a lot of NHL guys are here. Some are retired, some are currently planned, and we're going to do Stars on Ice where we get the opportunity to buy in and play with these guys. That'll be Saturday evening. That's crazy. And the other one is is uh, rafting. Rafting, we've got one of the greatest rivers around here, uh, the Bow River. So we're going to have a, a rafting event where people will get the chance to sit in a boat with an, an inductee and just float down the ro- river for an hour, an hour and a half. So that's some of the unique things that we have going. And then the other one that's really not part of this event, but climbing. Uh, mountain climbing is is very high, and mm-hmm. as you know, we have some amazing mountains around here, and the wildlife as well. Yeah. So you know, you walk around, you see wildlife all the time. Yeah. No, it's it's a beautiful area, and uh, again, I really love what the Alberta Hockey Hall of Fame is doing. Just kind of like, hey, just a reminder, like Alberta Junior Hockey League stuff. Like th- this is wildly important. I didn't realize it until we came out to Camor a couple years ago. But there, there's buses of people coming in from surrounding areas, and this is really where a lot of those kind of hockey dreams start. Yeah, and we've been very fortunate with the talent that we have. We have the uh, the Luke Phelps that just got recruited by the Calgary Flames, mm-hmm. local guy. Yeah, right. Uh, Alex Young playing with the Eagles right now. He's yeah. been recruited. He's been heavily looked after. Um, he's going to do very well 
He's a you know local local group. Um, the young fellow that's just played for um, a junior team in Czechoslovakia, mm-hmm. local kid. Yeah. Again. Uh, so we've got some good talent coming out of here, and we try and support them. And that's why we, as the VIP event committee, trying to help minor hockey as much as we can because there's so much potential. There's so much. We have two surfaces, two ice surfaces here, and just try to maximize that so that every kid gets a chance to play. Yeah. And and God knows what they, you know, they got the talent. They're going to go up. They're going to be recognized. And we've got a team that allows that to happen in the junior. Junior A Eagles. Yeah, no, it's it's a really great thing for the community here. Uh, if anyone's looking to, to kind of help out or get involved in, in some of these, where can people find more information? Well, obviously, the Alberta Hockey has a, has the inductees list and has a, all the information that we need right now. Okay. Uh, going through them, and that falls in with us at the same time. So we work together with Alberta Hockey. Um, we do a lot of the planning together. The event of the of hosting, obviously, we work together quite nicely. Uh, we meet every month to two weeks. Uh, okay. To get get involved, it's a lot of the things involved. Um, yeah, and if people want to help, we're certainly open to board members. We have a board right now of ten people. We're always looking for talent to help us out in the social media, to to you know knowing the guys and helping out. Serge, this was awesome. Thank you very much Thank for uh, doing this today. Best of luck with uh, what sounds like a pretty busy calendar for, for 2020. Thank you very much, guys. July 18th and 19th. We look forward to it, and thank you for having me on. Hey, thank you for coming thank on you. anytime. This was a lot of fun. Uh, more from uh, the Steinberg Show coming up next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Calgary. Calgary. The Steinberg Show continues here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, we are live today in Canmore, getting ready for the Okotoks Oilers and the Canmore Eagles coming up tonight. We'll have play-by-play of that game starting at 7 o'clock. A big event coming to Calgary next weekend. Here to help us chat about that is uh, June uh, Dement. Uh, June, how are you today? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Uh, the big ball happening at Hotel Arts, uh, January 31st. So just a week away, uh, a lot of planning going into these types of events. I imagine it's probably pretty crazy that we're now just seven days out. It is. I think it's going to be a, a really important, uh, important event in Calgary. It's a major fundraiser related to men's health. And I, I think that that's uh, quite significant given that there's we tend to hear a lot about women's health initiatives. Women are well known for having regular checkups with their doctor and arranging them for the rest of the family. But men don't tend to be, uh, I hate to say this, but they don't tend to be quite so good at taking care of their, their health and their body. And this particular uh, fundraiser is is, is, is organised by Women's for Men's Health. And it's really, this one is focused more on mental health and physical health. Well, and that's that, that's been such a, a key thing over the last little bit. And I've talked about uh, certain issues I've had mental health wise, but the just men in general, it seems like it's always just oh, I'll be fine. I'll put it off. It's OK. And then that, that can lead to some pretty serious side effects down the road. It does. I mean, we, we see it. I mean, I, I come from Mayfair Diagnostics, and we see it in terms of the physical aspect. Usually, you know, if you get a sports injury or maybe something doesn't quite feel right, but you tend to, quite often men tend to put off going there to the appointment with their physician, or they'll get a requisition to go and get some screening done or a diagnostic done in a, in a clinic uh, such as ours. But they tend quite often just to kind of sit on it, or it, it kind of sits under the microwave in the kitchen, and they don't quite get around to going and getting it checked out. And, um, and And as a result of that, you're probably going to be horrified to hear that men on average live for four years less than women. So if the the average longevity of a a body in a female is 84, it's only 80 in men. And we, we think that needs to be addressed. 
And the more uh, we educate and inform men about their health, both physical and mental health, uh, the better the chance that they're going to have increased longevity. Well, and now, uh, as you mentioned before, it's not just physical, how I rolled my ankle playing sports, it's mental health as well. And and that's another one where men have a a bit of more difficulty, it seems like, talking about these things. But this has become a, a real big issue over the last few years. I think there's more awareness of it and and to be honest I think more people do tend to talk about it and I I think the fact that you're even discussing this on a sports channel is fantastic Um, because um, uh, you know people tended to you know kind of have a, I'm very British um, as you can tell from my accent so men often have to kind of stiff upper lip and don't talk about these things when they're going through um, mental health issues Um, maybe they talk a little bit more about physical ones but not so much about mental health issues but really this initiative and the whole focus of the big ball that we're sponsoring is really to encourage men to take care of themselves and that's everything from going making sure they do get their regular checkup with a physician discussing concerns whether they're mental health concerns or physical health concerns with a healthcare practitioner and that's also about complying you know when your doctor says you know I want you to go and get this checkup done making sure they do because the physical and the mental are health issues they're all entwined and um, something that starts off as a mental health issue further down the road that ends up being something else like a family breakdown issues or financial issues and that can be they're all they're all linked they're all linked together aren't they mm-hmm. yeah they really are and if you have a certain bill that comes up oh, i'll just i'll go get checked out next month and it just it kind of it keeps building it keeps building so it's it's another one of those things where i'm really happy that events like the big ball are here just like hey it's okay like you you're not lesser for for going to get checked out, and these are events that kind of celebrate those kinds of things. They do. I mean, it's it's uh, it was interesting. You were just talking earlier on about you know uh, some some upcoming uh, reporting that you're going to be doing on some some hockey games and things like that. And we we tend to everybody tends to be more aware of the fact you know you get a hockey injury and um, it, it, it you know it's, it, it can be when something goes wrong with your body or you've hurt an arm, you've hurt your leg, you can't do your normal sports routine. And um, it, it very quickly has a big impact on your mental well-being because people start to worry about if they're ever going to be able to play at the same level again or get back into it. And um, because because that physical uh, injury and your mental well-being and your concern and your stress about it are so intertwined. So the two go together and it affects, it, it doesn't just affect women, it really does affect men um, but then it affects the whole family. So um, so that's what this fundraiser is all about. Uh, we're expecting it to be a great evening. There are still some tickets left. Um, uh, we, all of us from Mayfair Diagnostic will be there uh, to support this initiative um, and uh, it's, it's very important simply because a lot of this money goes into support things like the development of the prostate cancer center in calgary and the men's health clinic and those are really cutting edge in supporting um, men in calgary um, of all ages i have to say but making sure they receive the best health care possible uh, so if people want to, to head to the big ball uh, i guess first of all just give us kind of the, the cold notes on on what the big ball actually is and uh, how people can can get involved and actually get to this thing it's a fundraising gala, din- fundraising gala with a dinner. Um, there are going to be some. Uh, there are going to be some discussions with some experts in in men's health and also mental wellness. And they can literally just go to the Big Ball website to get more information. Uh, awesome stuff, June. Thank you very much for doing this and kind of spreading the word. It's a very important message and important event that's going on again at the Hotel Arts coming up next weekend. That's great. Have a great weekend in sport.
Yes, thank you. You as well. Uh, thank you very much to June again from Mayfair Diagnostics. Uh, we are out here today in Canmore getting ready for the Okotoks Oilers and the Canmore Eagles coming up uh, a little bit later on tonight. We'll have a few more guests as the show rolls along and, of course, our usual Friday guests as well. Pinder joins the show next. It's Pinder and Steinberg with Pinder without Steinberg next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.